I think this is the power of open source, the power of transparency. Things happen fast, but they all, they also get corrected fast. And it's just a reminder to not believe everything you read. And just, hey, bro. I see you, man. I know you YouTube docs all day. And we're like, I'm not in podcast mood. So <laughs> thanks for hopping on anyways, because I'm out tomorrow. No worries. Good to see you too, Brad. Let's, let's do it. Let's pod. All right. One topic today. So there was this paper exploring the MIT mathematics and EECS curriculum using large language models. So basically they got GPT 3.5 and 3.4 to solve some of the hardest MIT coursework that's in there. And so they have like four and a half thousand questions of like MIT mathematics and, and electrical engineering and computer science that you need to obtain a degree. They say our results demonstrate that GPT 3.5 solves a third of it. Okay. Where it is, okay, here's the, 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 the uh, GPT-4 achieves a perfect rate. <laughs> so this wow. got this got 100% on, like, let's say the most complex math questions that uh, are kind of in existence for, for undergrad. So really big deal, really exciting, really crazy. Or you would think. <laughs> so it turns out, like, when you read this, it's kind of BF. And, really? Um, okay. Yeah. And so... When I first read it, I had very similar things. These I'm just going to go over these guys' Notion doc because they spent a lot more time than I do. So it was like amazing results. And then it's like, what? Like when you read into it, so I was just blown away that I could do that because I've been the one solving these MIT exams and they're unbelievably difficult. Like it takes, so, sometimes it would take me a month or two months to do it. Sometimes my professors would give like impossible problems because when you do research, not everything's cookie cutter. And so part of being a good researcher and mathematician is like you can identify when a problem is impossible to solve and so i was really surprised by this and i went in there and then i just started finding holes and and these guys documented it really well and i think before we begin it just so this is like a notion document that some just people online put together kind of yeah it was some uh, um it was three guys renak Neil and David, they're uh, seniors at uh, MIT in the electrical engineering computer science. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so they do experiments. <laughs> they just tear this paper to threat to shreds. But I, I think this is the power of open source, the power of transparency. Things happen fast, but they, all, they also get corrected fast. And it's just a reminder to not believe everything you read. And, and we'll get into that in the end, but maybe let's just jump into some of the critique they have here so they they go into it and try to replicate the results so there was maybe take a step back in in what they're doing here so what they what they did in the paper is they tested gpt 3.5 with zero shot learning and then they tested gpt 4 with zero shot learning so that just means without any data or example questions and the contacts and then they did few shot learning which is give it some examples and they did some some other stuff and measured the results so the the zero shot learning they they reported 90 percent accuracy and with the one shot learning they reported 100 percent accuracy and, and by the way every anytime you see zero or 100 it's it always a red flag in my mind yeah and yeah. so in, in reality when they went into there it was it was actually only like 62 percent accuracy on the zero shot not 90 percent accuracy and so if you look at the critique here it's quite interesting so the first is problems with the data there was just a lot of unsolvable questions which is 
around 4% of the test set. So for example, the whole question is, below you are given the delays for different gates you are permitted to use in part D above. Compute the propagation delay from your circuit from D. So it's like, you just don't have the context. Like even if, let's say you were the smartest person in the world, how would you know what was in part D? It could be yeah. anything. Another question was, which invocations run in parallel, assuming there are enough, like they're just, those are non-answerable questions and, and they give a, a huge list of these unsolvable problems. And so that's already a red flag. It's like, okay, yeah. how did they solve? Is that suggestive of the researchers not fully understanding their test? Because if that's like, a they should know 100% isn't feasible, right? If Exactly. Yeah. And, and so I think it goes much deeper. Maybe they were just kind of caught in this hype and publishing early. I, I don't want to assume they were trying to do this purposely. So like, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but it gets even crazier. So there was information leak in the few shot examples. So essentially what they did is in, in the few shot case, they give it some examples. So what they did is they, they did a vector database lookup, which just kind of answers how semantically similar two questions are. So like, for example, it's like what one plus one equals two, and maybe something similar to that's like 100 plus 100 is 200. Or so we'd use that as an example, 100 plus, 100 plus 100 is 200. And then they would use that as an example in the The problem was it's like the examples they used oftentimes were identical. So it's like giving the answer in the question. So there were just a huge amount of these were, were just completely the same. So it's like, it's like, Chris, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. One plus one is two. And the question is, is what's one plus one? Cheating. Obviously you're going to get that correct. And so, so they trained it on the answers. Great job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just kind of crazy and, and it gets even crazier. So what they also did is about 16% of the data. Okay, so there was data leakage. Some questions weren't even answerable. And then the third thing in, in the methodology of this, they, they allowed it to retry. So what they did, you know, oh. they said, okay, you didn't get it correct. Chris, you didn't get the answer correct. Try again. Oh, you didn't get it correct correct, try again. You didn't get it correct, try again. So they let it keep trying and trying. And so 16% of the test set was like multiple choice or so <laughs> like, you're like, oh, the answer is A. I'm like, it, you got A is not the answer. Try again. B. Like, <laughs> so like, so 16% of the data, like if you just kept guessing, like yeah. you would get the correct answer. So basically we just continue prompting over and over until the correct answer is reached. So did they mention yeah, a so limit on that? Like, can it retry a certain number of times or it's just, no, it, it keeps they just, they just kept running wow. it until like it. Cause you can retake the SAT, you know, but there's, <laughs> there's rules. Yeah. But they don't tell you which questions are. Yeah. And they don't train you on the answers. Yeah. And so maybe the kind of most significant error, if these weren't significant enough, is the problem is, is they, they also just let GPT-4 grade itself. So it was like, um, if you yeah, be like, hey, Chris, like. Oh, me, I remember those self-graded exams. You're going to like grade yourself on it. So. They were testing yeah. GPT-4 and then like using GPT-4 to grade the results. So maybe it's okay. Like maybe it's okay if you had like GPT-2 and GPT-4 was grading that because it, it's as if you have like Einstein grading your physics homework. You're like, okay, he may be wrong. I'm not saying he's not wrong, but it's going to be reliable. <laughs> but like if you have a beginning student or, or Einstein grading his own work, like, that just doesn't make sense. And so yeah. they said in there that they double verified manually the grading on the test. I don't know if they did. <laughs> I posted this meme. It's like, teacher, please rate each other's work on yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's like it's the North Korean like, generals because they have like a ton of medals here. So what's also interesting is if you look at the GitHub repo where they did this, they, they actually deleted the test set later. So if you go in there, the, the advisor, this guy, he's like a visiting professor from BU. I don't think he's a full professor at MIT. He went in there and like <laughs> deleted it. He was probably like, oh no, we're getting all this backlash and yeah, suspicious. No. Yeah. So anyways, what is the big thing here and, and why did I bring this up? And I mean, there there's some undergrad students. Should we fault them 100%? No. Should we fault the advisor who didn't look at this? Yes. Should we take this as a learning? Yes. And should we use this as an example of what not to do? Definitely. And so what this really brought up to me is so important to just not believe everything you read. I think it's so important to be nuanced in your beliefs. I had a math professor that if you just said you didn't know, it actually didn't mark you as bad as if you were confidently wrong. And I think that's actually very powerful. So all your beliefs and in, in my physics courses, like I never liked experimental physics. I always liked theoretical physics. But what I loved about experimental physics, they were very rigorous. And so one of the first classes in experimental physics, they were like, there's no such thing as a number. Like if you ever give us a number, we're going to fail you. Everything in the real world is distributions or everything has an air bar. Like if I say, Chris, what's your height? I don't know what your height is, but let's just say it's like six foot or, or you're like six, three or six, two, six, two. Yeah, six, two. <laughs> so you're not actually six, two, right? Like right. maybe you're an atom over six, two or like, so the more correct thing would be to say like, I'm six, two plus or minus a centimeter or a half an inch or because there's some error in your measurement device. And so that may sound pathological, but it becomes really important in things like this. So you could say like, okay, this, these guys at GBD4 solved these MIT exams with 100%. I just read this paper. So I'm maybe 30% certain that this is actually true. And so when you, because this thing took off like wildfire and all kind of the, the AI spheres. And so it's people spreading it and then they treat it as certainty. And I'm just seeing this trend in the world about what is truth. And in the news, everything's reported instantly and happens so quickly. And so the question I raise is, is how do we know what is true? How do we know we should wear a mask? How do we know we shouldn't wear a mask? How do we know this scored 100% or not? It's all very confusing and very important to, to think for yourself and to answer the question yourself of how do we know it's true? And it's not an easy answer. And there's whole fields of, of philosophy around epistemology about what do we know is, is true. And we've touched on this before, but it's just a very salient example of this in what's supposedly a very rigorous field. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens all the time, right? Like anytime you, you're reading headlines, they're often referencing some research and maybe a reporter extrapolated a takeaway, you know, and you have to really think about how critically did that reporter read the source material. And if you go to the source material like we did just now, what do you find for yourself? And in fact, I, I TA'd a class when I was in university called Scientific Decision Making. And it's a, an amazing professor that I worked with on this class, but uh, he's a biologist and he taught this class to undergrads about how to take the scientific method and apply it to decision making. And it had this kind of twofold benefit of one, teaching you what, what exactly is the scientific method? Because a lot of people assume it's like you reach a certainty, Chris is six foot two. Uh, and that's not what it is. You know, it's a method for edging you closer to truth, but it's also a method for disproving your assumptions, right? It's not always just the pursuit of a fact. And then it also had the benefit of planting that seed in people's minds as they go out into other fields that aren't necessarily part of like 
like the scientific realm and apply this same thinking in in business and in the arts and anywhere you are like think about it from that kind of rigorous perspective and it's it's a really useful framework to understand anything so i mean all that to say i couldn't agree more and like it's it's always interesting to me to dive into examples and really like because i i do the same thing i see a, a, a news article and i'm like they, they link to the source I'm, i just go straight to the source like i want to read the source and then maybe i'll read your reporting i sometimes i like to invert it just to have my own opinion and then you know. people get annoyed with you because people get annoyed with me all the time oh yeah oh and yeah I'm like if you eat this fancy herb like you'll live to a trillion years old and i'm like and then you're like well but oh, can you diet's like, really and, hard and then i'll read the paper and then i'll be like well they used five people and they're just like oh can't you just enjoy it and i'm like well i just want to yeah. know it's true so there's there's kind of a bit of a stigma I've noticed. Of course, you don't want to be like the annoying guy that's like everything someone says you you contradict. But yeah, but I do think there's like a stigma, and, and like you said, like I think also most people read headlines and they don't read the articles. So they'll come up with some headline of like this guy or this girl did this, and then like even in the article they're like yeah they like crossed the street, whereas like <laughs> like in the headline it's like bomb. Smith like murdered someone and it was like he like accidentally stepped on a cockroach or like I don't know like and so yeah no yeah. I think it's really important and I think what blows people's mind as you even mentioned with the with the scientific method like people tell me all the time well I love math because it's so rigorous even math is like 100% subjective so it's based on the piano axioms which actually turned out to not even be consistent or exhaustive so we learned in in mathematics from this guy named Kurt Google that like you can't even create a math system like we I don't want to get technical that is consistent and exhaustive so you can either have it that okay this math can't do a lot and it's going to be consistent or it can do a lot but it you can contradict you itself you can say a is true and make a proof that a is false so even in like what we call the most rigorous thing it's all subjective because it's all based on axioms which you have to believe so I say okay Chris if you believe these you don't have to believe them they're your subjective choice but if you believe these these kind of things are true but it just it gets so hard and that's math that's like addition and and other things so it's just such a hard problem to know what is true especially when media is trying to just get clicks and deceive you and and everyone has some agenda and and so i think some of the things that are important is is as you said like there should be hopefully we can use ai to automatically find the sources maybe summarize the sources with an ai that you trust add references let's say you have cryptographically verified results so it's like okay we know 100 chris said this this is actually what he said if you want it here's the ai summary if you want more like here's the link and i think it's going to be so important in the future and i hope it's built into news platforms and there's just got to be a good way to do this. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's complicated, right? You have to go through like multiple levels and you have to do an exhaustive amount of reading and understanding. Like you may have to go teach yourself about some other subject to understand the source material. And so anyway, that could be easier, even if it's just access is easier. Like you have somebody telling you these are all the places and you can check them. But yeah, I, I hear you. It's it's a big issue. And maybe like the last point is what's interesting is I feel like the world is cyclic like we have seasons waves propagate in a certain way that you know with troughs and valleys and i can imagine early as humans knowing what truth is and valuing truth was really important because i'm like hey chris eat this leaf and you're like 
like it was really important to have rigorous truth. And then I think what happened was we got really good at it and it became less important because let's say we had one news channel. We had like your grandma's like, hey, Chris, like eat this and you'll feel better. And, and so there were just not a lot of options and the options we had were very well vetted. Whereas like in the beginning, we had so many options. Should I eat this leaf? Should I eat this leaf? Should I eat this berry, this mushroom? And so there were so many options. And so... Like, it was very important that we got this right, because if you eat this mushroom, you die. If you eat this one, you get a bunch of energy. And then it disseminated into a few kind of well-studied options. It's like, okay, let's eat rice, and, and that's fine. And then now I think somehow with the availability of all these options, this kind of idea of what is truth has come full circle again. And, and we're inundated with so much, but we don't even know, like, we should wear masks or not, or, or if this if this paper is actually true or, or, or what. And it, it's so interesting that it's kind of come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting the way you speak about the stakes. Like, it's not life or death immediately to you whether, you know, whether this particular fact is is true. So we've solved all those kind of, right? Like, we know what to eat. We, we can solve a lot of, like, common illnesses. And we know a lot of, like, core truths about how to live and survive and exist. And... Even our most rigorous frameworks have edges, and uh, I think that's an uncomfortable thing maybe to kind of keep in your mind constantly, to to know that al although we know all of this, there's massive limits beyond it. You know, I mean, even just extending out from our physical environment, if we go up, things become very unclear, and depending how far you go, they just get murkier. Uh, so it's hard to hold that in your mind constantly as like um, a belief system. I I'm comfortable with it, but as you said, it's something that can make people uncomfortable sometimes or make you seem like you're being a bit like nitpicky because you're like yeah but let's really dig into the details here and it becomes ambiguous and then people are like i'd rather just kind of know know something to be true or not right binary it's kind of simpler and I think that's fine and people are busy, but I think you should just match your level of certainty to kind of your claims. So if you're like, hey, I'm really busy. I read this headline. It was interesting. I'm not sure if it's true, but it's still interesting. I'm just like, that's totally fine. Like as long as you're certain, but if you're like, this is gospel created yeah. by like the hand of God, like then, and then you start wars over this. That's where I have a problem. So I don't know. Hey guys, if you're watching this to hear, thanks for watching it. I'm actually curious what... How do you guys know what truth is? How do you know what truth is? Would love to hear that. Anyways, Chris. We'll, we'll link some materials below. We'll link some materials yeah. below for you to find more truth. Actually, read what you guys are doing practically. Like, I've read a lot on epistemologies, and but I, I would love, like, practically, how do you know the news you're reading is true? I don't know if there's a good answer, but I, I would love to hear that. Comment below. What is truth to you? How do you find truth? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Brad. Bye-bye.